You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Order your Renault 191 today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. Visit Blackstone Motors today or see blackstonemotors.ie. You're very welcome to a brand new year of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. May I say Happy New Year to everybody out there, all our listeners. Hope you had a lovely holiday season and doesn't it fly around. I have to say I had a most enjoyable time myself and wasn't the weather just a pet over the holidays. Anyway, we're ready to go. We're heading into a year 11 on Late Lunch and would you believe it, we have a big birthday party coming up. I'll tell you more about that later on to celebrate our 10th birthday. But first up, do you hear the news? Yes, yesterday morning, what wonderful news. First time ever the first baby born in Ireland was born in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital in Drogheda. Oh, the thrill. It was enormous. It just ran through the hospital and beyond like a shockwave. Anyway, congratulations to Michelle Montague and Simon Cox, little baby Maeve. And just a few moments ago, I mean this, just a few moments ago, she's about to be discharged. I caught up with her in the hospital bed as she was almost ready to head home to Trim. And I began by asking Michelle, what was baby Maeve's actual due date? New Year's Eve. I woke up at four o'clock um, Monday morning, pains, and then that was that. So you decided time to head for the hospital, and was your good man Simon Cox by your side all the way? Oh, he was, yeah, definitely. So in you come, uh, morning time, you feel it's all beginning. Take us through the day then. What happened on New Year's Eve? Pains and more pains. <laughs> um, and I arrived in the hospital about about half nine, quarter to ten, and they kept me in and was just kind of went on throughout the day. And about twenty to nine, that's when the water's broke and everything happened. So then she came out at three seconds past twelve. Did you realise that the time was approaching midnight and perhaps the significance of this? Are we in too much pain to even think about oh, that? I- what I was thinking, uh, people were saying to me, like, oh, it could be a New Year's baby. And I was kind of like, oh, my God, I hope it's not that, like, not going to take that long. But um, it did. And <laughs> we didn't we didn't kind of know, really, like, it was such a big deal. And even the midwives were saying, like, oh, it could be New Year's baby and all. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be really nice. And then yesterday morning, it was like papers wanted to guess, like, photos and... Like like yourself as well, radio stations wanted to get a little comment and stuff. Like it was mad. I didn't think it was such a big deal at all. Well, it is a huge deal, let me say. A huge deal for the North East and for Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital as well. Because I don't think, yeah. I can't remember that, that they had the first baby of the new year. I think you're the first ever, are you? Yeah, it's the first one ever. 
But I was actually quite surprised with. Maeve, seven pounds, four ounces. And your first baby, yes? Yeah, my first baby, yeah. Was the experience all it was cracked up to be, what you were told beforehand? What would you say about that barely 24 hours later? Oh, I don't know. Fair play to any woman who does it without an epidural. (laughs) (laughs) She's here and she's beautiful and she's 7'4". How is Simon, your partner, Simon Cox? How is he feeling? Not a bother. He's coming now shortly to pick me up, hopefully. so. Yes, because we are, I want to tell listeners, we are talking to you directly from the hospital bed in the Lourdes Hospital this Wednesday before you're about to leave, which is early afternoon. Being the first baby born in Ireland, the coom, you know, did you hear this story? Did you know this thing, Michelle, about fake news? Well, the coom hospital were claiming they had the first baby at four seconds. But you knew because this was actually verified, wasn't it, that it was three seconds after midnight? Oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, definitely three seconds after midnight, yeah. How does it feel to pip the coom to the post? I, <laughs> I don't know, really. It's kind of... I didn't... Like like I said, I didn't think it was such a big deal. And, um, like, they were fairly close as well, four seconds, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's only a second in the difference, really. Um, but congratulations to them, anyway, on their baby. Yes, exactly. But listen, it's a mega second in terms of being the first and you have only gone and done it. You're from Trim in County Mead. Have your preparations all done with the Christmas and everything for baby coming home today? Oh, yeah. Everything's ready to go. And a welcome party, I'm sure, and lots of visitors over the next few days for baby and mum. I imagine so, yeah. And I take it ever since baby was born, you've been wrong and called and messaged, yes? Yes, definitely. And to anyone that has wrote to me I will write it back to them eventually (laughs) (laughs) ah great stuff anyway look I know you're on top of your head there in the hospital they're all buzzing around you there and you're almost ready to go home well to yourself Michelle Montague and Simon Cox and little baby Maeve congratulations the first baby of 2019 is yours and heading home to Trim and well done to yourselves and everybody at Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital there it's a wonderful wonderful milestone and I want to thank everyone as well in the hospital here they were brilliant Ah, they are. They're fantastic. I know that. Michelle, thanks a million. God bless you. Can I actually just say one thing, Jerry? Sorry. Uh, I want to say congratulations to one of my best friends who got married on New Year's Eve. And I was actually meant to do bridesmaid for her. Who was that? Um, her name is Alison Dalton and Johnny Guy. And she's now Alison Guy. And you couldn't make it for very good reasons. Th- yeah. That's it. I just want to say congratulations to them too as well. Well, you will make it up to her, I'm sure, down the road. I will, definitely. Absolutely. Anyway, well done to you. Congratulations again, Michelle, and thank you for talking to us in late lunch. No problem at all. Thanks very much. We're thrilled, absolutely thrilled for them and good luck to them. They're heading home to Trim at the moment with the, the wee baby Maeve and it's a great, great story. And what a way to start the new year on Late Lunch with such a positive tale. I have three wise men sitting in front of me. They're on their way to the crib at some stage but they decided to drop off here in Late Lunch and they bring gold, frankincense and mirror. No, they bring years of experience, let me tell you, to the table today and I'm delighted they're with me uh, this year on Late Lunch. We're going to reflect on 2018 and look ahead to 2019 for the next while in the company of Paul Murphy, former editor of the Drawhead Independent, these days plying his trade with the Mead Chronicle. Willie Keeley's here, former deputy editor of the Sunday Independent, and he's now a regular.
regular contributor with the Sunday Independent. I never miss him when he writes every week. And Jean McKenna is back with us on Late Lunch, once political editor of the Irish Independent and Fianna Fáil press officer and enjoying life, Jean, to the full. Now, how many grandchildren are you looking after? Uh, we have only four. Only. <laughs> <laughs> but they're between two and six, and I think that makes it. <laughs> and I, I know get bonus points for that. <laughs> deeply involved with the Alzheimer's yeah. and the project to build an, right, Al- yeah. an Alzheimer's uh, centre in Drogheda. You're all very welcome to the show, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you Happy all. Happy New Year, Jerry. Had you a lovely time, Willie? How was Christmas for you, New Year? Are you glad to be back in the in the in the run of mill this second of January? Uh, it was quiet and life is still quiet, so I'm oh. I'm, I'm I'm not. Uh, there's no trauma involved. Oh, great! So and Paul, what about you? Well, I spent it with under the care of the uh, pharmacist. I got no. the dreaded uh, cold. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a man flu. You know, it is. Way, it is. Uh, and I think it's down to the mild weather. It's so soft this well, weather. It is. Yeah. It we really should be is. out. We should be out in the fields. You know. That's it. And, uh, <laughs> and taking the air in. Anyway, good to have you all with us uh, this first day back of the new year. Let's go back to last year to start off and 2018. And Jean, in terms of, of your experience in life and New Year's coming and going, how do you look on last year as a year in general in life in Ireland, politically, you name it? I think you could say, like the weather, it was a very mixed year. I think it started off with the, with the, the snow in February and then and in March and then we were on to the summer and it's a strange, strange world because now, in the last few days even, I've seen flowers coming up. Mm. Somebody writing in the Irish Times this morning saying one of their roses from last summer has now started to come on again and it's sunny spring. So you're, you're touching I on this whole environmental thing. Yeah, again. the environment, I was going to say, the environmental thing, I think it's huge and people haven't realised it yet. Mm. But this is going to dominate our lives for a long, long time, I think. And when you see a fellow like Trump washing his hands of all this, and he's the most powerful guy in the world, allegedly, and he's washing his hands of all this environmental stuff. My daughter's involved with Fingal County Council in the environmental area and some of the things she's telling me are quite frightening. So, I, uh, 2018, I don't think people really, I don't think the penny has dropped yet with people. Maybe this year, some of it will. The government didn't do anything in, in, in the budget on carbon taxes, and I think that was a mistake. Mm. Maybe they were afraid there was going to be an election sooner than Leo Varadkar thought. Maybe they felt there's a, there's a chance we'll still have an election and we'll have to face the people and we're not going to put on carbon taxes, but they should have started that. Mm. Now, nobody wants to pay more for their petrol or for anything, but they should have done something. They should have made a start on it. We're accused. You know, we like to be known as the Green Island on the edge of Europe and, you know, we're so clean and everything, but yet we fall down and we failed and it's been pointed out to us in Ireland. Has the horse bolted? Can we still grab this? Oh, it's and always rescuable. I think it's never too late to do the right thing, but mm. I think they're going to have to start very soon. Yeah. And whether there's an election or not this year, who knows? But the, the fact that they've signed this, this contract with uh, Fianna Fáil again. Yes. Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil. Or maybe we're OK for this year. Mm. that there'll be no election and that they may go ahead and do something. In, in I next hate when somebody says that because invariably mm. something pops up from well, right or left. and it's Exactly. That's it, Jerry. Nobody knows what's yes. going to happen. And it's always a case of something that's unexpected that mm. will happen. Mm. It's, you can never see it. And yeah. governments, people that serve in government for years and years will tell you, as Albert Reynolds said, you can get over the big fences, but it's always the smallest hurdles. That's small hurdles are. that catch you. Yeah. So for you, Environment 2018, and you're right, the snow, yeah. the summer we yeah. had, the rain we've had subsequently. Willie Keeley, what about you, 2018, when you reflect on the year? No, I think the climate change question is, is a huge question, but not one that we make huge. I mean, we are so low down in uh, doing anything about it ourselves as a country in the world and in Europe. And look, uh, there's no point in going on about 
Trump. He's there for the rest of his term and maybe even for another term. There's a good chance he'll get in mm. for another term. Um, we, we've done very little about it. And, uh, you know, people, you know the warnings we get that there's only 10 years to do something. I can remember 10 years ago hearing warnings that there were only 10 years to go. Those 10 years are over now. I don't know what... what uh, what these figures mean anymore, or these predictions mean anymore. I think in the last year, here, if you want to be just parochial, we had a good um, economy. Yeah. Uh, we had stability in government. Mm. We looked like that will continue for uh, uh, for the coming year uh, with the confidence and supply agreement, which Finnafall have been criticised for because they didn't seem to extract anything for it. They didn't seem to get any prom- promise of doing anything in return for it. Um, and, you know, Leo Varadkar is right when he said that just because we have this agreement doesn't mean there won't be an election in the next year. Anything could change. I mean, you've got the European elections, you've got the local elections, and um, a couple of um, pleb- a few plebiscites and a couple of referendums. Uh, three referendums, maybe. Could be that many. One on divorce to to change the number of years. Yes, be, the statutory um, period of waiting. Yes, yeah. one on the place of women in 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 the home. And I think, given all that we've done to women uh, as a society, uh, from Magdalene laundries to um, carry babies uh, to even you know the way that they are treated when they when they go as rape victims to court, uh, I think uh, anything we we do. Anything we do as progress is is welcome, and I include the abortion referendum result in that. Even a hundred years on, because we were marking a hundred years since women got the vote as well. It's been a long, long time. There's a lot to be done. You're saying, will oh, will yeah. he still for women? Yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah. Ireland. Yeah, and I, I would welcome too the the. It's, it sounds like a small thing, but the um, positive discrimination in academic appointments for women. That's that's to be welcomed as well, yeah. but. Um, but if you want to look at what's what's the big thing that marked last year, and, and uh, sorry, of course, I should have mentioned the awful uh, cervical cancer, uh, 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 cancer scandal. Yes. Uh, Shocking. Oh. But um, I suppose the cloud that hung over uh, the last half of, of um, 2018 was Brexit, and that's going to carry on into the future. And, uh, you know, at the moment... Nobody knows anything as far as Brexit is concerned because anything could happen. Um, she could, Theresa May could go back to the House of Commons and uh, put the her proposal to the House of Commons. And uh, some of those Tory MPs have voted against her in the in the in the um, vote of confidence. I think they did that thinking there's still time to send her off to Europe to see can she do any better. Well, no, they won't be thinking there's that much time anymore. Because we're getting very close to the the twenty ninth thirtieth of, of of the month, um, and March. Of, of March, sorry, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think the twenty first is her due date for mm. the, for the program. But um, it could be um, that she will look to extend the deadline. Um, now she can only do that if she gets the permission of every other European country, and they might say, "Well, what's the point?" And I think the point for some Tories is they'd like clarification of what the EU means by the temporary nature of the backstop. And I can't see how giving them clarification on that is going to help because so, we, no, we know what it means. A no-deal Brexit possible? Oh, I think there's every, there's every danger of a no-deal Brexit and consequently no uh, backstop and consequently a hard border. There's every possibility okay. of that happening. 
by default in the absence of any other. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go back to this in a moment. Paul Murphy, welcome to our Three Wise Men feature on Late Lunch this first day of the new year. Willie touched on something there about the economy and I want you to pick up from there and then tell us about your thoughts on last year. The country's booming. Well, the country's booming, but I'm, I'm going local and uh, I have to say that um, there is... Uh, 2019 will be the year when we'll see whether the government manages to break the back of the accommodation crisis. We simply can't have 10,000 people homeless. We can't have families living in hotel rooms. Uh, Some time ago, Father Peter McVerry came to Drogheda and he addressed a meeting and we were invited to uh, make contributions afterwards. And I, I said that from dating from the 1920s and I was able to go up to, you know, 30, 40, 50 years uh, pointing out at least eight uh, local authority housing estates in Drogheda that were built when we had no money and now we have money but still we're not able to tackle this thing. Mm. So some progress has been made but there is a lot more to be made and that's the one issue that will certainly will affect uh, any election that's coming up, including a local election, because it's right there in front of people. It's, it's shameful that we have people who have no home and that, no shelter, which is even more important. So that, for me, would be the, the issue. And it's the big issue, one of the big issues from last year that carries forward, like Willie was talking about Brexit there as well. You heard Jean's point of view on the climate. These are coming forward from yeah. years before. But do you, do you honestly believe that, you know, th- th- there's lots of talk about building more? Do, are they not doing enough? Well, they, they, they are trying. And the local authorities have been given targets. Some local authorities have been able to meet targets, others others not. But not building themselves, they go out to... No, that's the problem, that's the problem. Builders and it I mean, agree deals with them where they build houses. Th- there are those of us who would say we could go back to the old system mm. where local authorities were responsible for their own building. Could that happen? Well, it could happen. It, well, if they got the money, mm. and then it needs a policy change. Mm. It needs a policy change. But the houses are going to be built. There has to be the money. Yes. So they might as well have it as anybody else have it. I think Fine Gael has an ideological objection to social housing. They will say they're doing it, but, you know, they don't really wa- want to see the kind of solution that was the solution to housing in the past. They don't want to see that happening now. And the other thing is, if you listen to the housing argument uh, going on over the last couple of years, uh, one excuse is put up is, oh, you can't do it overnight. It takes 18 months to two years hmm. to, to build up. How long have you been listening to that? More than two years, I can yeah, tell you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And there are young people at the moment who uh, can't get a mortgage. They, they, there might be two people in the family working, but they can't get a mortgage, and then they are over the limit for getting a, a social mm-hmm. social housing. So we're rocking a hard place, isn't yes, it? And what else for you besides that? Any other issues from last year that you're looking at? Housing, accommodation, homelessness. Well, the, the economy is doing. The economy is doing okay. I mean, it's. it's I mean, we're, in European terms, we're booming. 
unemployment we're, we're, is back to its lowest level. We're, we're now going to struggle to get people to fill the jobs. Right. Uh, house prices has slowed quite a bit. We'd hope that the mortgage thing won't be the same, Gene, as before. You know, no. they haven't loaned the money out no. of the banks yeah. this time. People are inclined to lose the run themselves a little bit again. I mean, if you looked in the shops over Christmas, my oh my, <laughs> you'd think there was no tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> as one of my daughters said, stock up now for the next three weeks because the shops are only going to the shops are going to close for 12 hours over Christmas, you know. Yeah. So stock so up. Right. <laughs> oh my God. People were going bananas. I did. I saw the retail yeah. parks around this area yeah. and after Christmas when you'd think, you know, there'd be a bit of a lull. Yeah. No way. It yeah. roared so, on into January. So the point I'm making is are we starting to run away with ourselves okay. again? Well, we're not going to run away anywhere. We're staying here for the next three quarters of an hour from uh, now till 2.30 with the boys. Paul Murphy, Willie Keeley and Jean McKenna with me on Late Lunch. If you'd like to join the conversation, comment. We'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 is the text or WhatsApp number. We're reflecting on 2018 and looking ahead to the new year and the company of Willie Keeley, Paul Murphy and Jean McKenna on Late Lunch this afternoon. Jean, are you positive? Like, we've touched on a number of issues there in the first part of our chat there. Are you positive about Ireland and life in Ireland and the country going into this new year? Yeah, God, look, you have to be optimistic, you know. If you're not optimistic, you'll lie down and die. So I think the best thing to do is treat it as if it's, you know, going to be the best year ever. Let's all try and make it the best year we can make it. There's a lot of things that can be done that, that haven't been done now. From the government point of view, I think there's a lot of things that they can do. I mean, Paul touched on the the homeless situation. Now, health is another thing that's there forever and ever. And, it, you know, who's going to do something about the health? When is it going to happen? I heard Leo, Leo Varadkar saying, I think it was in September, I took the note, he said... Um, this can't be solved overnight. Willie made, made reference to that phrase overnight earlier on. Well, Fine Gael is eight years in power next month. So that's hardly overnight. It's about time that they got their act together and did Why something. Why can't on it. any party in government or minister seemingly grab hold of this health nettle? You've been on both sides of the offence. Yeah, I have, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, there's no question about it. It's a very, very difficult situation. And I just want to say this, that everybody who's been involved in a health situation, who has a, a, a child sick or a parent sick or whatever it is, anybody who has that situation and has somebody going into hospital, we know that it's the best service you could possibly get because the nurses and doctors and the cleaners and workers and everybody in the hospitals are top class. It's a question of breaking the logjam. 108,000, I think I heard the figure from Phil Hay of the nurses this morning saying 108,000 people were looking for beds last year on trolleys. 108,000. Now, that's far, far too much. I mean, how is it let get to that stage? Nobody knows. I think the HSE, and this is a big statement to make, but I think the HSE was a mistake. I think we were better off when we had the local situations, when we had the health boards and all that thing. There was much more grasp of the whole situation. Now the health board is, what, 16 billion or something like that is the health budget every year. And what are they doing with it? They seem to be top-heavy with management. There seems to be no, no kind of semblance of order in the whole thing. And it just seems to go out, run out and out of the way every year and it gets worse and worse. So they need to stop, have a big think about it. Now, I'm not saying another plan because government buildings up there and the Department of Health are creaking with plans. They need to just get around the table and say, we're going to do this once and for all. And you know, Willie, it's not just, uh, it's just not peculiar, Willie, may I say, to Ireland, because if you watch the NHS in Britain as well, you hear nothing. But, you know, issues there, the health in America, we had all that thing with Obama, now Trump reversing that. What's the answer, Willie? They've I thrown lots of money at it for years. I, I think you'll find the situation <laughs> in the NHS is much better. Um, 
And if I think one thing you could do is go back and look at James Riley's proposal for universal health care where you didn't have a two-tier system. I think year after year, after year, and with different ministers, more and more money is thrown at the health service. And uh, it's not the answer. It obviously isn't the answer. Um, and if you're throwing more and more money at a problem and it's not fixing it, then you have to say to yourself, it's the way it's being managed. Mm. So it's a problem of management. It's a problem of, I think, vested interests, very powerful vested interests, uh, <laughs> some very difficult to negotiate with. And, and um, as Jean said, it would be great if uh, somebody could say, right, this is my crusade. Uh, Leo likes crusades. This is my crusade, and I'm going to devote all the energy I can, all the resources I have, and I don't mean money, all the resources I have, all the brain power I have, knocking heads together and uh, drawing lines in the sand <coughs> and saying, this is what's going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Here's the other issue as well. You see the National Children's Hospital and the overrun there. I think it's 400 million or something I was reading in a, in a short space of time. Like, look at that money as yeah. well. It's significant, isn't it? Yeah, but there was a time that this is not peculiar to the to the children's hospital it's peculiar to it's it's it happens in a lot of public uh, contracts public procurements because there was uh, there was a time when when a contract would have had um, sorry there was a time when we were told that from now on we would expect state contracts to have uh, penalty clauses for overruns mm -hmm. penalty clauses for missing targets uh, no um, add-ons without specific authority from somebody in, in charge uh, but it, it, when we look at uh, some of the things that are happening we see still not happening mm. it's still not happening it's horrendous does anybody believe that this is going to come in now at anything less than 2 billion mm. it's, no, it, it's, it's an enormous amount of money what would you do come on Paul Murphy you are Minister for Health tomorrow morning you have the say you have the budget you have the power I'd, what would you do I'd make sure that penalty clauses operate uh, people have been allowed, allowed to run away with the ball on these contracts it's unbelievable we're now building the most expensive children's hospital in the world if you take, you know, rich nations compared to us, a tiny country, and yet people are allowed to do this. It's a disgrace. It is a disgrace. What about the day-to-day -day stuff? But How do you get a handle on ending the trolleys, people on trolleys, the waiting list for operations, all that type of stuff, to make it more efficient? Well, this is a, this is a problem. And, we, we, you know, we, for instance, we need more step-down facilities. When, when are they coming? Where, where people where who, who, who have their operations or whatever are taken out of the main... That's right. I mean, yes. these people, unfortunately, this, this phrase came into being, you know, bed blockers. Terrible thing. Mm. And, uh, that's the way it's looked on. And a lot of, in a lot of cases, these were, these were elderly people yes. with perhaps nowhere else to go. Mm. So, you know, there has to be a bit of dignity in the system, mm. hopefully. I mean, you, you hear Simon Harris uh, speaking on the radio, and, he, and he's well-meaning. Right, he talks rapidly, and you have to try and you know listen carefully to see what's what's coming out. But the problem is, it doesn't seem to be solved. That's the problem, mm. and we don't seem to be moving towards that. Now, he has said that the uh, the, the number of people on trolleys is well down, and 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 I believe that, I accept that. 
and don't, don't agree with him on that. No, they don't. They don't. But I, I, I would say that the numbers are down. That's my belief. Statistics. Awesome you can walk yeah, them you can, yeah. whatever yes. way you want, yeah. can't you? That's that's the general thing. But well, the thing about uh, sorry, the nurses and the and the and the uh, minister count the. Uh, numbers differently. Yeah, that's mm, true. That's mm, true. But mm. the thing about Simon Harris, to me, it seems this is not a political point now. But he always seems to be one step away from doing something. Mm. If you say to him, "What about this?" He says, "Yeah, we have that in hand." When is it going to happen? Well, it's on the way. It never seems to happen. Mm. Now, there's talk that he wants—I don't know whether this is true or not—that he wants to get away. Bradgar saying she's going to do a reshuffle in the summer after mm. the local and European elections, which take place on the 24th of May. So maybe something sometime in June or July, you might see a reshuffle that mm. God read themselves do, into their briefs do, for the summer or whatever. We, get somebody all, else in there. Well, what are they going to do? They'll come up with a different plan. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. start all over again. Do we all? Do we all think that 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 the cabinet is too young? There are. Do you, do you remember the time when we had a few heavy hitters in there? Mm. You know, people like Michael Noonan, mm. uh, people like Rory Quinn, uh, people like Pat Rabbit. These were they, they were heavy hitters. They were tough guys. We, they, I think they're a bit. It, the cabinet is quite inexperienced, to be honest. That's that's a fact. That's an interesting point. It, it is, is, but it's not totally true either because you have fellas like Charlie Flanagan there who've been there for a good while. Richard yeah. Burton, I think, has been the most minister. Yes. minister There's ever. a couple there, everything. all right. I'm, I'm, so. surprised, I'm surprised at, at, at uh, reports that Charlie is, 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 is going to be moved in a reshuffle. Yeah. Yeah. I am surprised at that. Yeah. Because I, th- I thought he'd been doing pretty well. Anyway, we're not going to reshuffle. Well, we're not going to reshuffle. We're not going to reshuffle here, are we not? No, no, no. no, no, no that's a pity. I agree with the need for experience, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't cascade anybody for being too young. Yeah, yeah. Certainly not us, Willie. We're going to reveal the average age when we come back. Oh, no, 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 please. <laughs> There's no reshuffle on late lunch. The boys no. are staying with me. If you want to comment on the comments are coming in, keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 if you want to join in the conversation. We're looking ahead to the new year in a few moments again with Willie Keeley, Paul Murphy and Jean McKenna. Or if you want to call in, it's 1850-715-958. News and weather next. First late lunch of 2019 and Willie Keeley, Paul Murphy and Jean McKenna are here with me. We've been reflecting on the big issues in Ireland in 2018 and we're looking ahead now to 2019. Thank you for your comments. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 by text or WhatsApp. Or you can call in on 1850-715-958. Comment from a listener saying, uh, I work in the health service and I can assure you, uh, listening to your conversation this afternoon, that there are far too many managers in the health service and not enough Indians. That's uh, a comment there from an unnamed listener. Thank you for that indeed. Uh, Seamus uh, is living in Drogheda listening today and it says there's a lovely three-bedroomed house on John Street in Drogheda that was acquired by the local council eight months ago. It remains vacant. It's getting damp. Nobody's turned the key. It's not just good enough. I'm sure you'd agree with that. You were on about the homelessness, Paul. That's not an acceptable situation if that's the uh, situation prevails there with a three-bedroomed house and people looking for housing. No, the local authorities are under pressure. If there are vacant houses, they're under pressure to get them back into use. Mm. But if it's not happening... That, that is not good there. Uh, on a related matter, we talked about health. Uh, Jean, you might pick up on this one. I'm just joining your conversation there. Very interesting. Did you talk about the waste of money in renaming the Lourdes Hospital? Uh, and uh, Mary says there's a march, I believe, uh, happening uh, this weekend on that one. Jean McKenna, I know you sent me a message about this over the Christmas. It's got your gander up, has it? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think there's two levels to look at this. First of all, on the emotional level, and the, the people of Drogheda have kind of pro- proprietary rights 
on the Lord, as we call it, or Our Lady of Lord Hospital. Like Mother Mary Martin founded the MMM in 1937, I think it was, and the hospital was built in 1957. And she was a great woman. Everybody knows what she did for the town and the rest. Why do they want to change this now? I mean, I can see an argument for it. Maybe they they don't want religion to be involved in a title at all. I can understand that. But why would you do that when so many other things, vital things, need to be done in the health service? The other thing is the absolute waste that this is going to cause. The cost of this. I mean, anybody, I've seen in departments before, when they change the name of a department, you know, new governments always change the name of departments, you know, from posts and telegraphs to communications or whatever. What do they do? They have to change everything from the signs outside to the bill heads to, you know, all the signs inside. I mean, it's, it's monumental money. Put the money and into I have an idea. I have an idea of what they would do with the money as well. The money that's saved on not doing this. Put it into subsidising the car parks. One of the great scandals, I think, is people being charged for going to visit mm. their loved ones who are sick mm. and visit sick kids and all the rest. And you have to pay through the nose for car parks. I'm not just saying the patrol in particular. I visited hospitals in Dublin, it's the same. And it's extortion at some of the yes. car parks. Okay. So the money you save on this, yeah. put it into Scotland, Scotland, car parks. Scotland, Scotland has wiped out all car park charges at hospitals. Completely. So that's, that's a fact. Okay. Uh, but the next thing is that th- this is like, in, in terms of the, the name of the hospital in Drada, this is like Paul Pot and going back to year zero and wiping out all memory of Mother Mary Martin and the medical missionaries. Uh, the position is very simply that uh, when the HSE took over, there were certain uh, photographs removed from the corridors of the hospital. And these were the founding people in the hospital, including including Mother Mary Martin herself, also uh, uh, Vincent Sheehan and his wife, and also a nurse uh, matron Phelan, who's a matron in the maternity hospital. Those photographs were removed. These were the founders of the hospital. So in, if you go anywhere in Britain, the founders are always recognised. It doesn't matter whether they were religious or not. So I, I, I think that it's, a, it's, a, it's an appalling uh, development. And I hope people want, look, they want secularization at all costs. But that doesn't mean you wipe out the memory of the people who put the work and their brains into founding these hospitals. Willie? I, I know very little about the situation yes. in the Lourdes, but I do know that any time anybody goes to change a name, it's a f- phenomenal waste of money. In the, the new children's hospital, um, uh, I think they spent 40000 coming up with a name, which uh, then got... Uh, the backs of the public up who rejected it completely and then there was a threat from a hospital in America with a similar name to Sue. Um, I know anytime anybody goes about this, a committee comes together, uh, companies come in with their hands out for big checks and uh, to draw logos which in my opinion would be better off going to a kindergarten school and asking the kids to draw it and to do a nicer job, better job and a much cheaper job. So, there you have it today, unanimous panel agreement there, leave the name as it is, don't yeah. touch it, a waste of money and a good suggestion there, I think, from Jean McKenna regarding the parking, I think a lot of people would be with you on that one there, Jean. Let's turn to sport for a minute, I know Paul, Paul, you're alright, we'll be with you in a minute, Paul Murphy <laughs> said, leave me out at this one. I so, go for my team, <laughs> No, don't, don't you go anywhere, sit there where you are. Jean, what about the year ahead in sport, what a year, the rugby last year, all we achieved, the wins against the All Blacks and the Championship 
Championship and uh, the hockey team we have to mention as well the dubs doing it again yeah. in Gaelic and the soccer team flunking but we have hope we have hope Mick Which is back Which soccer team flunking? No. <laughs> the the, no, 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 it wasn't that's, that wasn't nice uh, The Irish team No, the Irish team was Can we win the Rugby World Cup? I'll just put that well, in the Yes, we can win the Rugby World Cup but whether we will or not is another thing now I think the problem here is that expectations are very high mm. Joe Schmidt came in with a plan to have three players for each position and I think he's got that now he's got 43, 44 players basically and he can put any of them in and we've seen that in the different matches in the autumn series and the match against New Zealand and all that he has three guys for each position and each one is nearly as good as the next so I think they have a great chance in that sense the problem I would say is that the expectations are so high and also I see according to the draw if we get through the earlier parts of it we're scheduled to meet New Zealand I think it's the quarter final now I can't see New Zealand letting us beat them again. Again, yeah. By one way, means mm. or another, they will beat us, I think, if we have to meet them. Oh, my God, there's so a note of, note of caution no, there from it's, Gene it's, it's just I think it's just bringing it down to earth that, you know, people are expecting too much. Yeah. Now, I bow to know and my admiration for people like Schmidt and for Johnny Sexton. Mm. I think the highlight of the season, from a sporting point of view, the highlight of the last year, was that drop kick in Paris. Mm. by Johnny Sexton My in the God. last minute yes. in the most foul weather conditions yes. he dropped that kick under supreme pressure under supreme pressure to deliver on and nothing else remember would mm. have happened yes in rugby it all followed year, on if he hadn't got from that, that in the last couple of seconds what about rugby Willie your uh, your uh, uh, esteemed oh, I opinion I have the um, disadvantage of having spent so many Saturdays working on a Sunday paper that I never get to see internationals but I certainly saw the game against New Zealand and uh, I mean the nail biting last 15 minutes um, if you ever followed Mead football when they, when we had a team you'd, 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 uh, you'd get used to the last 15 minutes being exciting or even the last 5 minutes because used, they used to have a great capacity to pull victory from the jaws of defeat mm. and it kind of felt like that they were going to hold on I know everybody out there was terrified that New Zealand were going to score but um and so, but I mean, it was a hell of a year. I mean, the Grand Slam in March as well. Uh, but I think it wouldn't do anybody any favours to be putting the weight of expectation on Yes. Them. You know, let them go out and, and yeah. Jesus do the best they can. It'd and suit enjoy New it. Zealand um, and yeah. the others that Ireland were favourites. Suit them really yeah. big time. And it would yeah. not suit uh, yes. Ireland. To it be doesn't suit us to have that man. No. You had a bit of a dig at your mead, your beloved mead there. Will they be back? They have great, they've had great success underage. Look, uh, you get dispirited after a while having watched team after team and year after year and manager after manager just get nothing back in return, you know. Mm. They they can go out and play well one week and then you could have six games in a row and uh, just throw it away. Mm. And it's uh, it's just impossible to know. And I, I'm not well enough person or immersed enough in the, in the, the minutiae of the recruitment of these young fellas or the encouragement to get them to go on and keep playing senior and do the training and whatever and it has become you know especially with Dublin you look at Dublin you can see it's become a pretty much professional game and if you want yes. to succeed in it you've got to be out there nearly training seven days a week mm. and um, eating like a I don't know a, a muscular rabbit probably uh, I, I, look, there's so much involved in it and um, I think of course one of the more um, one of the more uh, uh, Uplifting things of the year in GA was uh, Limerick winning the hurling. Oh, of course, which, yes, which have to mention. Didn't, that. didn't get a mention there mm. now. Yeah. Mm. Forty-five years. Oh, yeah, no, tremendous, no, no, no. and that's yeah. what you love to see it going around. The, you, you think you're about a bad man? Look at that loud man sitting. You're flanked by two loud <laughs> men here. And I, mean, I think, in fairness, you say 
Good luck to Wayne Kearns and the Louis Yes, he's the load of a new manager this no, year. Manager. Yeah, yeah. And they won last weekend, which was good. They to be did, and did well so with the minors yeah, this lad as passing. well. Exactly. So yeah. I think there's a bit of hope there. On that yeah. side. Yeah. And on the in, case, in case I um, let my earlier remark would be misconstrued, you yeah. know I'm a big Draw United fan, yes. and I hope they will do very well in 2019. Yeah, well, a new regime. She's been a new regime. Yes. Tim Clancy did well last year to get yeah. us into the time. A good yeah. maid man as well. Yes. To get us in, trim man. To yes. get us into the top four. And yes. did almost got us there. I think with maybe one or two more signings, if it could have been afforded, they might have just, they might have made it. Very difficult. And good luck to Dundalk again with the new manager. Oh, my Vinnie God. Part. We have to mention that Dundalk yeah. last year, good the double and what they achieved. Tremendous, well. tremendous, tremendous. Pains tremendous. me as a draw the man to say this. Well, They're fantastic. Let's <laughs> face it. You have you to know. tip your you cap to, and recognise the recognise when brilliance the team is good. When it exactly. happens. And, and I do want to wish uh, Tim and uh, Connor Hoy, the new chairman Connor of Draw United, exactly. Vincent's son, all yeah. the very best because yeah. they really are in determined to turn the ship around. That is for sure. Paul, sport. Will, will I move on? I bet you move on. <laughs> no, don't. No. That's some hard question for sport. Yeah. Who will win the Grand National? <laughs> That's what we all who'll want win, to know. Who will win the lotto? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to give you a break, but you're first in after the final break. The boys are staying with me. We have a little more to chat about this afternoon. Willie Keeley, Paul Murphy and Jean McKenna with us on Late Lunch. 086-1800-658 for your comments by text or WhatsApp. Yeah. Jean McKenna, you're very popular. You know, you're the ones that, of the three that said to me, well, I'm not doing much at the minute. I'm just enjoying my life. Your cousins from Denor and Dulik, is that right? They've, yeah. the, the, there's yeah. several calls after the coming in. The the water. Yeah, they're all things. listening to you this afternoon. I want to send you New Year greetings and mm. delighted to hear mm. you on the airwaves Thanks, again sir. today. And I'm sure there are lots of people delighted to hear. Paul Murphy sure, and yeah. Willie Keeley on with us this afternoon. Let's look to this year ahead. I mentioned what a fractious world we live in. Trump, we touched them for a moment there. I think Willie mentioned him there and he probably will be elected again. That's happening over there. The Middle East rattles on. Russia and the Ukraine. Brexit. Paul Murphy, this is a very unusual year we're heading into. Well, it is very uncertain. Uh, Brexit is really very worrying. Uh, I mean, if you read any of the English papers at the moment, Industry is in despair in Britain. It's gone to the extent where people have preempted the situation by moving their headquarters out of Britain and moving elsewhere on the European continent. And they're doing that in droves. And who will blame them? Because the situation is so uncertain. Where do they go? And look at all the people who are taking out British passports. 1.1 million Irish passports Irish passports yes, yes. Yeah. from Britain Absolutely, that's right yeah. there's Absolutely. a huge number from Britain and Northern Ireland as well that's, right. that's a big concern anything else for the year ahead what's the big you know I've touched on some of the issues there we've talked about them as well Brexit of course I'm sure people have pain on their necks listening to this yes, thing but we're all hoping that the economy will, will proceed the way it's going at the moment there, you know there, there, there shouldn't be any problem for us except the Brexit thing will be Will create great uncertainty, and if there's if there's a crash out, then the the, the roof comes in on us as well. On us as well, you know. Britain is one of our main trading partners, mm, for instance. Mm, Willie, two quick things from last year that I was very glad about before I go on to next year, which would be about Donald Trump, really. And um, one of them was Michael D. Higgins getting re-elected uh, without having to sacrifice any of his principles, uh, and despite the fact that there was attempts made to plumb the depths of our baser nature to try and get a few votes and the other was I was glad to see that uh, Sergeant Morris McCabe was finally officially vindicated and uh, I would hope in the year ahead that some of those who um, 
who were most uh, responsible for some of the things that happened to him, are in some way shown to be held to account. Mm. Uh, as regards next year, um, well, last September, was it November, I think? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um, Donald Trump was supposed to come and visit us and then he pulled out but he sent his man anyway and his man said that um, he, he, Donald sees Ireland as a bulwark against uh, the, the rise of left-wing politics in Europe uh, now I don't know what planet he's on uh, most people don't know what planet he's on but you're not alone Willie really, there it's, I think if he should be worried about anything and we should be worried about is the rise of right wing nationalism throughout Europe and um, particularly Eastern Europe and it's it's just so very dangerous and you would have seen yesterday Jean-Claude Juncker of the uh, European Commission saying that there's every reason to be concerned that there could be another European war uh, you get uh, extreme nationalism, you get people retreating into their bunkers, You want they want to put up fences and, and walls around, they want to demonise uh, groups of people as is happening now with Arabs and Africans and Romas and whatever uh, and you get all the elements that you need to sow distrust and uh, hostility and uh, People become territorial and uh, then they get aggressive and they, if they perceive that you're interfering with their, uh, what they see as their rights, or they, uh, then, you know, violence can happen. Mm. So a uh, real worry about the right wing rising up and nationalism. Gee, in yeah. 2019, we're in it. It's the second day. Yeah. yeah, I have to fully agree with Willie. All he says there, all that stuff is absolutely right. And I think Trump is the... the I don't know. He's just a, he's a compulsive liar. I mean, you can't believe if if Trump said to you today is Wednesday, I would check the calendar. I would not believe it to be perfectly honest with you. And I think that's why it's so dangerous. He mm. thinks he's right in everything he does. Everybody's out of step by my Johnny. 
about my Donald. And yet and they'll say, Gene, the economy's booming in America, yeah, unemployment yeah. is way down. Yeah, there's a danger. The dollar. Yeah, there's a danger that he'll get in again. But I see Elizabeth Warren now from the Democrats is right. coming forward. She's the first one to put her head above the parapet. And she could be very dangerous for him, I think, because she would have a widespread kind of support. Mm. Now, if a few more come out in the background, and I see Mitt Romney has criticised Trump today. A Republican himself. He has come out and criticised Trump today. So I think things may be... This may be the time when it's changed. I mean, it's two, it's two years now on the 20th of January. Yes. Maybe about to change. I've, I've been talking to some friends of mine in America who are good Republicans, you know, um, sensible, sane people. But I remember asking them, um, how can you tolerate this man, like, you know, representing mm. your party? Mm. And... Basically, as far as they're concerned, if he implements Republican policies, uh, they will hold their noses and and back him. As long as he, uh, for example, manages to get two conservative judges on the Supreme Court, which he did, as long as he uh, uh, cuts the taxes at the higher end, which he which he did, uh, the unemployment figures are down. I would say no thanks to him, but it's, mm. in, it's in line with what they want. He will, as long as he cuts back on regulations, like for example, as he did the other day when he said that the coal burning industries no longer have to uh, have um, uh, machinery that restricts the emissions of mercury, which is very bad for children and pregnant women. Uh, he said that's just too costly to be maintaining that sort of frippery. You know, it's all right, lads. Don't don't bother with it anymore. You know, it's, uh, as long as he does that sort of stuff, he could be reelected. Down. Oh, there's every chance he could that be he re-elected, be, yeah. if for no mm. other reason than I know Senator Warren has come out and all that sort of stuff. But there's um, what's that guy down in Texas, Bebo O'Rourke? Yeah. But I mean, he didn't get in even to Senate. He didn't even make it to the Senate. I don't look as long as the the Democrats don't seem to be mounting any sort of an effective challenge. There's every reason he could get in by default. Mm. But that, that's looking on the short term as well, buddy. I mean, this this. Uh, Regime, if we can call it that, it's going to take a long time for America to get back on track. I think they're mm. they're they're tearing down bridges with the rest of the world. Not alone are they building walls, but they're tearing oh. down bridges. And I think uh, it's going to take them maybe ten years to get back mm. on track. Whoever comes next, the unfortunate comes next after. If you were losing, if you were losing staff uh, to the extent that Trump is losing them, wouldn't you be worried? Yes, and you a new face on the block every day. Mm. Uh, I mean, I thought he had a couple of he had a couple of former generals in there. These people are used to putting order on things, and to, you know, to, as an uh, an act of restraint. And they're all gone. It's back to your point with the Irish scene as well that you said earlier that a lack of more experienced heads and at the Irish cabinet yes, table. Yes, yes, that's right. I agree. I agree. And uh, I'm not. I I have no bias against young people mm. coming into, into, into it. But there should be a balance mm. of more experienced people mm. and tough people being able to implement decisions and not sway to public opinion. Yes. That's what happens in a lot of these cases. The politicians get worried, oh, what are they saying about us now? Oh, no, no, get the PR men out and we'll change yeah, everything. Tough you know? if you're going to do things right, yeah. But the thing about Trump as well is, I mean, all these people, they've all kind of opposed them in 
lesser or greater ways. And anyone that opposes him on anything, he just gets rid of them. He says, uh, he was a, he's a great guy, but I'm going to get rid of him. You know? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the line, you know. You have to Thanks for your them. service. <laughs> Good luck. There's the yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, in an Irish context, stability politically, we started off at that point as yeah. well. Fianna Fáil, uh, the confidence and supply, looking mm. like it will run to 2020 and the planned election date. All good bar the cold winds of Brexit. If it holds fine, yeah. we'll be okay. Not to mention the cold winds. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, we can worry about will the beast from the east be back? Will Storm Alley be back? Yeah. And will we have a heat wave in the summer oh, where we won't have, 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 have Oh, listen. Willie, let's have that heat wave again. Yeah, yeah. What about oh, it? Yeah. Do you know the one thing they talk about? We're I remember the environment, Jerry. Sorry, don't look for heat wave I again. I do, you know? I do, but, <laughs> you know, they talk about the year in the hole, and people said, you know, they'll never, all oh, the ground is that dry, there's no water. Mm. Go out today and yeah. check the water levels. Yeah. Generally, the year rains the same. Yeah. It's cold yeah. the same. Yeah. And you see, what you're doing there is you're, you're confusing weather and climate. Yes. Totally different things. Two different yeah. things, yeah. They are, and that is a good point to make. Yeah. Weather is different from the, yeah. the overall big picture yeah. that's happening yeah. on this planet. But we'd welcome another summer of 2018, wouldn't we? That lovely, If we could guarantee that in Ireland every year. Oh, yeah. that lovely we selfishly summer. would. Wouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. But then again, if you could guarantee that every year, uh, in Ireland, then people much richer than us would insist on coming here and buying up every place, and we wouldn't be able to afford to <laughs> I leave here. Doing, I think they're doing it anyway, Willie. <laughs> we could advertise it as the new Spain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. New Spain. Indeed, you could. But anyway, positivity all round at the start of the new year. You won't give me that total for me calculator from your Bert certs, no? No. <laughs> no, play it as O'Connor. Says he quickly, says he quickly. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on Late Lunch. May I wish all of you health and happiness and all the best for 2019. And it's you and all your listeners. All yes, listeners. Meeting you here today. Willie Keeley, Paul Murphy and Jean McKenna. Thanks a million. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Order your Renault 191 today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. Visit Blackstone Motors today or see blackstonemotors.ie. Yes, that is Codaline and high hopes, which I'm sure most people have at the start of a new year on Late Lunch this afternoon. Still to come on today's show, we're going to meet Vicky Hannity after three. She's the woman who won that feckin' house. Oh, yes, she did. She won a house, Sinead. Oh, my God, what excitement. She won my house, can I just say? <laughs> Sinead, you had a ticket in the draw, hadn't <laughs> you did. as well? I had, uh, yeah, and so my mother had a ticket and a few people I knew. But obviously, it's great that somebody in Drogheda is uh, And we were chatting to her earlier, and she's still in shock. She is indeed. Yeah. And we're going to hear about our shock after three with us on Late Lunch this afternoon. Still to come on the show. Much more besides. Now, let's move on. It all began with a visit to the Armagh Planetarium when she was just four. Yes, the curiosity seeds for science were sown, which have blossomed since for Kira Boylan, who's on a journey, which we're going to hear about now, from the young Mead woman herself who joins me, along with Mum Melon. You're both very welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. Start with the woman herself. Tell us now, Kira. You were four when you went to Armagh. What age are you today? Well, I'm ten, almost eleven. Okay, right. And this started. Yes, you remember that visit when you were four to Armagh? Yeah, almost. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little while ago, is it? Yeah, uh, it was a little while ago, but it was just so amazing that we've been back. Every year, once or twice a year. Okay, so you've seen it many years since. I've never been. Why should I go? Why is it fantastic? Well, it has so many 
well, exhibits. Um, it has, in the planetarium itself, it has this giant orb globe thing and where you can watch movies like We Are Stars and We Are Astronauts. Not that one, but we have also so many things to visit. And there, outside, there is the, what's it called, the space book? Yes. Space Garden, that's Okay. It. Okay, so there's loads to see in our man. It really made an impression on you. So now, you are particularly interested in science, and we've talked about the STEM subjects a lot here in Late Lunch over the years, which is science, technology, engineering, and maths. And so you are following, uh, uh, studying, and, and interested in this field. Tell me about Kira's journey. What is Kira's journey? Well, Kira's journey is a blog about my journey through space and science and every little th- and every little thing that get that gets me there and well it's just a place where other people can look to and basically just visit every yes. week or two okay so you write on the blog you write about different things we're going to talk about those in a minute as well and other people visit there i visited it in the last few days as well i'm keeping a good eye on you and i've seen some very interesting things when did you start writing the blog um i think it was april the first of last year yeah and you just wanted to do this to bring your love and interest to other people was that it yeah just to show other people that no matter what age, and what, show the kids that no matter what age they start from, they can they can always get get a job or be interested in space and science. And okay, and are you at ten years of age? Are you a little bit different? Going on eleven, I have to say. Are, are you a little different to your friends, or are some other of your friends interested in this as well? Well, um, I have some I have some friends who love space and science. We um, talk about it quite a bit and then some friends who are more into songs and pop and yeah. other who are more into fashion and that sort of thing but um yeah space and science is um definitely an interest in some of my friends okay so your friends have and you have a mix of interests as well i have to say be, besides this um you blog you write there of course and you shoot videos yes uh yes i I have this series right now called Fact Finding the Planets, which is about facts about the planets in the solar system. Okay, well, while you're on that subject, I'm curious to find out about this and and the solar system. I have a bit of a grasp on it, but not too great. So taking the sun as being the, the heat and that gives life to this Earth of ours as well, and the sun is out there, what's the next planet to the sun? Mercury. Then? Venus. And then? Earth. Oh, so that's where we are. In between the sun and us are Mercury and Venus. And then out the other side, getting further away from the sun, can you name it the rest of them in order? Um, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and then, to some people, Pluto. Okay, so <laughs> that, which is known now, is it, as Planet Nine? Am I, is that what it's called now, or is it still known as Pluto, Mom? Well, it's no longer a planet, unfortunately. Okay. Um, it's been demoted. Um, but there is theory that there is a planet nine out there, um, but it hasn't yet been found, and apparently okay. it's enormous. Right, and, and so that's not Pluto. I'm, I'm, I'm not to confuse the two. No, Kira, that's, that, that, that's not the one there. By God, you have them off by heart. So look, when, when you look at that, that uh, you know, when you look at the solar system there and you see Earth, you know the plans to take humans to Mars. 
you know this to, to take humans over there. What do you think about that? Well, I think it would be so cool to go to Mars and such a learning experience for anyone. And I think, although um, it's a one, it's probably going to be a one-way trip. I think it would definitely be something that that would move that move us all a step forward in mankind and would definitely definitely help out. If you were offered a seat on a flight to Mars in the future, would you go? Um, as a <laughs> probably, as I said, it's one way trip. Yeah, so, but I think that it would just be so cool, and there would be so much to learn, so much to explore, and the possibility of life on another planet. I think I probably would. Now, here's another big question for a little ten-year-old girl. For me, this is a huge question, and like this has been posed to many eminent scientists over the years. Do you think there is? life like ours somewhere else out there in the solar system or beyond in the universe well just the same as there are more than one type a uh, more than one star i think there's more than one planet that has life on it i mean there must be another planet we might not that has life on it we might not recognize the life i mean it could be i know in the um, most of them will probably be bacteria or something like mm. that, but there must be life on another planet somewhere. Okay, yeah, and, and of course, how big is the universe? How far does that extend? It's infinite, isn't it? It's, it's, it's hard to get your head around this. Um, yeah, if you just spent two hours just doubling numbers to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, starting from one and then just doubling, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been in what I think a thousandth of what probably would um, be the universe. Yes, or how That's far that stretches. What, what, what fascinates you about this? Why do you love this particular area of study? And well, I'm not really sure. I mean, there's just so much out there to explore stars and planets, black holes and all things like that. I think that it's just to learn something more I think it's just um, what really interests me about the universe is that this, when we learn one thing, more questions arise, we learn another thing, and then more questions, more answers, then questions again. There's just, it could just keep going on for almost ever. It's nearly like that doubling of numbers you mentioned a moment ago. <laughs> There's no end to it, indeed. Now, I'll come a little nearer to home. I'm going to ask you something else. I'm going to go to a break in a minute, and she's staying with us. Isn't she a fascinating young woman, Kira? Here's the thing. I'll be a little bit more conventional on this. If you were offered a seat on a rocket that would go up and go into orbit around the Earth, would you like that? Um, it would take me one millisecond to say yes. <laughs> I, de- I think I would love to go into orbit around Earth on the International Space Station or even just a rocket that's just orbiting. I think it would be so cool to just to do experiments on, on water and lo- life up there and to do... And just look out the windows and just see Earth and then see all the planet. Um, oh and then my. out another window, see all the planets. And yes, stars. I'm just with you all the way. If you're going, can I go along? Keep a ticket for me, will you? I'll go with you. <laughs> it would be a dream of mine to be out there and looking back in at planet Earth as well. Kira Boylan's with us on Late Lunch. She's 10 years of age and she's a fascinating young woman from County Meath. Mum Melanie is with her as well, but I think she's only here to sit beside her and keep her company because this young woman just knows it all. I'm looking at a wonderful interview here that you did 
Tell us about this interview. Who is that interview with? Um, Anne Dunn, I think it's... Yes. Yeah, Anne Dunn. And she works for, the magazine is called? Astronomy Ireland. Astronomy Ireland. Now, am I right in saying they came to you and wanted to interview you, yes? Uh, yes. And tell me, when you did this interview with, with, with Anne, um, what were some of the questions she asked you? Uh, and one of them in particular, I suppose everyone's curious, because you're really into this at 10 years of age... What would you like to do in the future? Where do you see yourself going with this? Ooh, um, that's a bit of a tough... There's so many jobs in space and science. Well, um, what I'm thinking... Well, engineering is something I'm definitely getting a bit more interested in, so maybe maybe I might be building a rocket or programming one. Um, I... Th- I'm not going to rule out astronaut, though. I would love to be an astronaut. <laughs> we heard that earlier. Oh, she's clinging on to that one, of course, to do that sometime <laughs> in her life. Now, you've had a remarkable 2018. You started the blog, but I am so jealous. When I tell the listeners, this young lady has been to California, the Science Centre in Los Angeles, San Diego Air and Space Museum, and the Pasadena Jet Propulsion Laboratory, all in the United States of America. Can I just say, wow, wow, wow. Were they as fabulous as the name suggests? They were all incredible. I couldn't have even begun to imagine what, what, what was in them. Just... If I could go again, I definitely would go to each of them again. And it's hard to describe. They're just, they're all so, they're just so incredible on the inside and the outside, but inside more importantly, mm. though. And they deal with all different aspects of science and space and exploration. Is that it? They all do different things, is it? Um, well, yeah, JPL does building yeah. of rockets and probes. And the, sci- the Science Centre does all sorts of things because science isn't just one. Mm. One thing, it's all open out and... Um, with your thing? Yeah, no, I'm just saying San that Diego, yeah, they're, they're all yeah different. They offer different aspects to what you're interested in as well. But let's come nearer to home because I want to know about this and you're going to tell me and in turn tell listeners because lots of children are off school this week and parents are looking for things to do. You went to Explorium, which is the National Sport and Science Centre recently and it's only opened recently. What was that like? Well, it is big and amazing and exciting and I would love to go back again. Um, we stayed there for maybe three to four hours and we had only done about three quarters of the things that are in there. Really? What's in it? Like, give us an example. What, maybe one or two things that you enjoyed there. Uh, wow, that's hard to do. So there's this gravity room where as soon as you step in, the force of gravity just pulls down on you and, you can, and it's tilted sideways and you can barely get um you just try to slide around get up and get up to the top without falling down it was just so um that was just i found that so hard to wrap my head around i mean it was like uh you've got the experience of gravity is that what you're saying to me sort of you know the gravity it's like the gravity in that one room was so strong that yes so it shows you the pull, the pull of gravity that, you know, keeps everything attached to this round globe that we live on, that we call uh, Mother Earth. So that was fascinating. Other aspects as well. Would, would, would children in general enjoy this? Yes, I think it is. It is perfect for kids. 
Yes. And it's very hands-on and family, and it's family-friendly. And oh my gosh, I just it's per- I think it's absolutely perfect. You're after doing a real sales pitch for those people. They owe you one. They'll have you back for free. Mum. That wasn't an ad. (laughs) No, but I can tell you it's a good suggestion for children and parents to go and see it over the next few days. Mum, let me bring you back in. This is an incredible young woman, isn't Mm -hmm. she? And this all comes from herself. Yes, her own interest. Yes. I mean, it hasn't been hard to keep her motivated in this aspect at all. Um, Mm. It was started by her, the blog was started by her. Um, We bounce ideas between us about things we hear either through Eventbrite. Um, Friends are now starting to tell us, some of Kira's followers are starting to tell us about events that she really needs to get along to. Mm. Um, And because we also um, attend these events and Kira then writes up about her experience there. So obviously I have to go because I do the driving and I carry the bags. And and, she's only 10 and of course. And it's great to have a supportive mum and dad. I mentioned that Colm is here with us and little sister Megan as well. Is Megan into this? Rapidly, rapidly getting that way. So you're going to have two of them on your hands shortly. (laughs) (laughs) For for you, you're in what class in school? 10 going on 11 now? Um, I'm in fifth class. Okay, so one more primary school and then you go to your second level school, is yeah, that it? Yes. Will you, here's a dumb question, do you want to specialise in the science subjects and maths that I mentioned there at the beginning, STEM, is that your plan? Um, I would, I think I'll stick with stuff like engineering because I'm getting interested in that, um, maths and all, and any areas of science that I can um, stick myself into. Mm. Um, I would like to keep in with the STEM um, subjects. Yes, of course. And isn't it great to see young ladies as well? Because that's been the push in Ireland. Um, Boys have been doing this as well. But to get girls interested has been a real challenge for, you know, the education system here. Honestly, I think that's why it's been picked up so actively by by followers on Mm. Kira's journey. Because it's still... almost a novelty mm. to see young ladies getting interested into this sector but it isn't hard there are lots of places fortunately in Ireland there's lots and lots of educators and ambassadors of STEM in Ireland that you can visit you can hear and you can watch and we're very very fortunate to, to have that kind of coverage mm. here. and you know young lady this is so important to us as a human race, the understanding of all this. You know what I mean? That more people become interested in it as well. What are you planning? I mentioned already on the show to several people, 2019, we're only in the second day of the year. What's ahead on Kira's journey for this year? Well, um, I'm doing this thing where every month I interview a certain person doing a certain job in space and or science. And that's to try and find out what I want to be when I'm older. Mm. Um, I've already mentioned engineering, which is something that I'm getting more and more interested in. But um, I'm, I think that chemistry might be something else I'm interested. Um, I'm interested in biology and physics and all aspects of that. I'm just trying to see which part I think w- would be most enjoyable and which part I would. like more yes so ultimately you will specialise so that's the way life works you know generalise as much as you can for as long as you can because that's so good as well and then perhaps if one aspect of it you know what I mean interests you more than others then you can go that road for sure but isn't planet Earth space the planets the universe isn't it just such a great mystery well everything 
everything around us is just a mystery to humankind that that's how i think everything needs unraveling every everything needs to everything's an opportunity everything's a mystery and that's the way i like to think about things mm. that you never you never know when you never know what something is until you find out and then new questions rise. Yes, I love your mind and I love the way you think and we need more of this thinking, more of this enthusiasm for this from more and more people. You're fantastic. I'm delighted you dropped into me on late lunch. Where do you go to school? Where's, Mum, where's, where, is, she, is she school locally where you live there? Yeah, you, we, yeah. we try and stay um, as, yeah. as local as we can. We, we, didn't, we did uh, the long trip to previous school, so yes. nice and local schools okay, to us Okay, now. so you are in school in Meath as well, and we wish you well with that in the future. Anyway, thank you all for joining me on the show today. Thanks to Dad and Megan who came in here as well and are in studio with us, to Mum and yourself, especially Kira Boylan. People can follow you again. Remind them where they can follow you. Um, well, they can follow me on Kira's Journey on Instagram, Facebook, Kira's Journey. Um, yeah, Kira's Journey. Dot com. Dot com is the website. And you yeah. can follow her on Instagram and Facebook and all the social and media. So we're, we're on Kira's Journey 1 um, on most of the platforms because uh, unfortunately Kira's Journey had already gone. <laughs> okay. All right. That's no problem. I'd like to meet you again. Is that okay? Yes. Wish you well with this. You're fascinating. Thanks for joining me on the first show of the new year. Kira Boylan, mom, dad, and sister. Thanks a million. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Order your Renault 191 today and avail of low APR finance, cashback and three-year servicing. Visit Blackstone Motors today or see blackstonemotors.ie. Well, Sinead, lovely Christmas, wonderful new year and that wedding. Oh, yes, I had an absolutely fantastic Christmas. And can I just say that I still was eating the gluten-free pudding yesterday? (sighs) It so, went down oh my God, so it did. well, didn't it, did, it Richard? Yeah. Thanks so a million. So we must yeah. find that lady's name again for we'll, next year. We'll, we'll, we'll sort that out. And congratulations to <laughs> yes, Sean, to your brother, brother, and his Sean. new wife. What's her name? Her name is Michelle. Well, Brazil now, but Culhan, uh, she's from Adair originally. And uh, the big wedding took place in Mount Juliet, the fabulous Mount Juliet Lovely. in Kilkenny. And she's all in a bit of a hmm, slump He's now. had a great time. Anyway, yep. she's on, what are we eating there today? Beans and what was Beans it? Beans and toast. <laughs> I think that sums up Sinead's, Bra- Sinead Brazel's Christmas <laughs> because she's over, have you overindulged a little? Have oh you? my God. Have I what? <laughs> and you're, sorry, we have our four for lose weight and feel great. She can't join. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is that okay? Just, That's just okay. I'll just have to follow them. And You'll just have to follow, follow them. The <laughs> it's yeah. right. I had a lovely time off myself. In fact, I just felt yesterday it was just the most lovely break. But the weather, Sinead, it was so mild. Played lots of golf with Jared and friends and went fishing. We went fishing, pike fishing one day. Do you know how many pike we caught? Yes. 43 pike. Oh, God. 43 was there pike. Left in the between river? five of us. <laughs> it was just a mega day. It really was. And I have to say, I've become addicted not to food or drink over the Christmas, but to two things. Look okay, at my tell. look at my wrist. Yeah, I'm I'm noticing you're you're sporting a very uh, slick looking black oh, little watch there. You. I have a Fitbit. Oh, I got a Fitbit good. for Christmas, and I'm gone nuts on it. I'm telling you, does I'm it tell you to get up and walk right now? Or it what? does if you don't. Okay, but it hasn't to tell me because I've almost done the twenty thousand steps every day since I got it. 
<laughs> and come here now, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. How are you doing 20,000 steps in here? No, 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 no. This down. is my first day back. Okay, Every day okay. up to this, between playing no, golf and out walking the dog and fishing. No, I'll check it in a moment. Hold on a minute. Will I tell you, my heart rate is 94 at the moment. It's up a bit. You see, it's yeah, raised you when you're on the air. Are you, now, a, bit, are you a bit excited over there? You have to be excited yeah, yeah. when you're behind a microphone and LMFM radio. If you're not excited, nothing will get you excited in life. <laughs> but it does rest my heart. I was just looking at about 68, you know, and it actually has a, a resting rate to 70, which isn't bad. But the steps and everything like that and your sleep, Sinead, the analysis of your sleep at night. I'm, I'm not sleeping well. I'm sleeping hopelessly. Hopeless. Oh, right, okay. Well, uh, and what, you just keep it on? It doesn't be beeping, though. No, no, you don't no. hear it at all. It's it's quiet and everything. But it's connected to my phone and I get the texts and messages and everything on it. But the sleeping, I'm only getting an hour's deep sleep a night. One hour. That's oh, bad. God. I that's think that's very really bad. bad. And I'm a light sleeper by but the looks you, of things. Like, you must take a while then, you see, to switch off. Like, I do. Are you, do you go into bed and do you read or no. do you just... Straight from my other addiction. <laughs> my latest addiction. <laughs> Yeah, I got a smart telly, you know. I've had one for a long time and I have Netflix now and oh, I've brilliant. started watching The Crown. Oh wow. Sinead, yeah. Sinead, Great don't series. say wow. I only have it three days and I've watched <laughs> Your man's fifteen boxed. episodes in three oh days. My God, They're an hour long. And that's each. not like you, you're not a real no. sort of binge watcher. I'm addicted to the crown and Deirdre Hurley told me that I'd become addicted and mm. if I watched the crown I wouldn't leave it away and that's a fact. Well I you haven't. see, that's why you're not you see, the research has shown that if you're, <laughs> you know, up either on the phone or on the the Netflix or any of that. I was a bit like that as well on Netflix. Like you sort of you need to stop watching it about oh god, maybe a half an hour before you're okay, thinking ahead. You know what I mean? I will. Because you're thinking you're all you're in it. You're in the crown, you see, that's what's happening. And then I'll check me Fitbit the next morning and see is it working. <laughs> anyway, talk about a great time over the Christmas and an exciting time. Our next guest had a Christmas and New Year to remember. She won a feckin' house. Vicky Hannity is with us next. When it launched back, I think it was the 23rd of April last year, 2018, we chatted about it on Late Lunch because it just caught the imagination of everybody. Yes, St. Feckin's Gaelic Football Club out at Bewley uh, on, on the north side of Drogheda launched a major, major fundraiser. Win a feckin' house. And how, in the name of God, wouldn't that catch your attention? Low Local, national, international even. And the tickets went on sale. And you know that day, I want to tell somebody, after that day, when it was on radio and newspaper and television, they sold 1,200 tickets on that one day online. And eventually, by the end of July, all 8,000 tickets, limited to 8,000, were sold. Seven, two, nine, one is with me in the studio. Alias, the house winner. She won it, the feckin' house. Vicky Hannity, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, Jerry. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Those numbers. Will I say it again? Yeah, you Seven, can. Seven, <laughs> two, nine, one. Yeah. Does that suggest you bought that ticket late on in the day? Yeah, it was towards the end. I think maybe a week or two weeks before the closing date. So it was August. Um, I decided to... Get just in and try and win the feckin' house. Buy one ticket. Was one that ticket. it? Just to buy a yeah. single ticket yourself. Yeah. And you bought it and put your it. name on it yes, as well. Yes, my name on it. So Do you know when you buy a ticket like that? I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. Yeah. Do you just put it by and think, well, look, at I'm, I'm in and think no more about it. Was I that nearly it? put it by and thought, there's not a chance I'll ever win. But you have to be in to win, obviously. Mm. But never in a million years did I think my name would come out of that 
drugs. Have you ever won anything in raffles before in your life? A box of biscuits. <laughs> you won a box of biscuits more <laughs> than me, it. let me tell you, Vicky. That is it. But that was it. Nothing yeah, ever significant really in the past. Otherwise, no. no. So on, on, uh, we, we had the draw there on Sunday night in the West Court Hotel, yeah. and yes, I was MC for the night, and we did the preliminary draws, and then we did from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, yeah. 4, 3, 2, and then there was the last draw to be done. And I, I just want to remind people anyone who won previously from 10 to 2, their tickets went back in as well. Yes. So everybody was in it in the finish. Yeah. 8,000 tickets in the drum and the parish priest, Father Paul, put his hand <laughs> in. Andrew Waters, the superintendent, oversaw the whole thing. And out comes this number. When did you... He- you weren't there. You weren't in I the... I wasn't no. there. I was at home in my pyjamas, washing bottles. <laughs> and my baby was in her Moses basket. Um, my husband was away. Uh, so my mum came in uh, to give me a hand with the kids. So two were in bed, one in the basket. And... Um, washing the bottles I was like I'm going to get myself a little treat a can of coke and a packet of skips and I was going to sit down when I had the bottles done and watch a programme before I went to bed and I knew, like I knew the draw was on but I didn't I kind of had forgotten I'm just I'm busy at the moment obviously mm-hmm. and um, my phone was on silent because in the evening you know WhatsApp messages go and I tend to put it on silent and my mom was running around the sitting room then going, you want a house, you want a house, you want a house. So her friend had called her and she was like, Vicky, want a house, Vicky, want a house. And my, I could see my mother's face going, what is going on? She, I don't think she even knew I'd bought a ticket. And um, so then I was like, oh, my God, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Grabbed my phone. And obviously the phone was through the roof hopping because this was probably 10 minutes after it had we happened. We were ringing you. You know this I'd from say the because everyone was ringing and messaging me. The yeah. phone was, you we couldn't wanted to get try through. And catch yeah, a word yeah. with you. No, I'll tell them why you're busy. You have a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a three-month-old. Yes. So you are really busy with yeah. the children. But we were trying to get you and everyone and here the heads were going, we can't yeah. get it, we can't. <laughs> so your phone was on silent. That yes, was the reason. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that a lady came onto the stage with me uh, and said I know her I know her I do I well I went on when I obviously after I'd calmed down I had a little look at the Facebook live and saw Denise who was our childminder before mm, I went on maternity leave childminder yeah. folks how could you write this yeah Vicky's childminder <laughs> Denise Smith was in the audience and she yes. was flying up and here she was showing me the picture of the lovely two children. days beforehand I just sent her it, probably one of the only ones I got over Christmas of the three of them sitting mm. and I'd only sent it to her saying happy there new you year go. and anyway yeah. she had a word with us and we knew who you were and look everybody was thrilled for you yeah. how could you not be thrilled for somebody to win a, a prize like this what does it mean to you it just mean like it's, well first of all because I'm still in shock it took I think I said oh my god for about two and a half hours um, that night it just means so much to us it's like it's absolutely life changing mm. we have young children and it just it means like you know, we didn't know if we'd go on holidays this year, things like that that are going to make our lives much more comfortable. That little bit easier as well. Yeah, now, yeah. you have your own house, and I take it you have a mortgage yeah, on the house and all that that goes mortgage, with this well, and yeah. young children. Yeah. What a lift this is. So here's the $54 million question about this house and its value. Are you going to take the house? Because there is a cash alternative, we know as well. Yes, there is. So we're, to be honest, because of the excitement and... I don't know, I think the time of year, been New Year's, we actually haven't had a chance to fully sit down ourselves mm. and we're still trying to take it in. We're so um, shocked, but we don't 
know at the moment, but yes. the next couple of days will be decision time for us. We'll have to make a decision on, on, on this as well. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. what is the best? But either way, it's absolutely amazing. It's a win-win whenever we decide to go with. <laughs> it certainly yeah, it's is. Unbelievable. And Colm, your husband, congratulations to him too, and and your children. I'm yeah. sure it's just been a whirlwind since you yeah. mentioned on the night and being on silent on the phone and all your friends. But yeah. you must be bombarded. Since yeah. Well, that night, my neighbours were running down, heads sticking in the windows and their jammies with Prosecco for us. So we had a good few drinks to calm my nerves and I didn't sleep a wink. And the baby, who is generally quite good, was up at one five, six, so she was excited as well. Maybe obviously. she knew. She Maybe knew she got something the vibe. was happening. Yes, yeah, yeah. this big news had come so to your house. So I didn't sleep for two days and now um, yeah, we're just taking it all in. So I have to say, like, just the messages we've received have been like just people so warm and you know, so happy for us as well. Mm. It's such a nice, I'm actually emotional, it's such a nice feeling. <laughs> ah, yeah, it really yeah. is and long may that continue as yeah. well. Now I want to tell listeners, you are a teacher in St Mary's Primary yes. School yeah, in yeah. Drahan as well. I'm sure the school and your colleagues yeah. there and everyone delighted for yeah, you. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. And that school, the school you teach in was the former Congress Avenue school. You're in that brand new yeah. school up in Bryanstown now, Yeah, I started in Congress Avenue in 2004. Right. Which is also shocking. Yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. Because <laughs> boys that I would have thought now walking around are like young men and I'm like, oh my yeah. God, I'm there that long. But yeah, 2004 in Congress Avenue and then we moved to the new school at the Cross Lanes. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, and um, you're off at the moment having the baby. I'm the baby's only three months at old the moment, at, yeah. at the minute. Yeah. So this is something that's come to you unexpectedly, but is a tremendous boost. So you'll make the decision in the in the days ahead. Yeah. Life changing is the word, isn't it? It is absolutely life changing. Like if someone said to me, "You've won a hundred euro for a restaurant," I'd be jumping around cheering. Hmm. You know, so d- just trying to get your head around what has just happened. <laughs> It's amazing, amazing. Yeah. So when you bought that ticket, I'm back to that again. You never do think when you invest in something like this. As you said, you're one of 8,000 and yeah. to even think you have a chance. But you see, it does happen, Vicky. This yeah. is the thing. I know, I couldn't. When I was watching that Facebook lot, when I went back, I yes. see it. I just had my head in my hand. I just couldn't. Just hearing my name coming out of the drum. You just would never think that would happen. (laughs) You know, it obviously does happen to people. But yeah, it's a bit of a like surreal outer body experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then your ticket number late on in the day when you got it as well. They were all sold up by the end of July. And it's a while ago since the the, the selling app actually wrapped up. But this was the night, the end of the year that was designated for the draw as well. And I want to say congratulations as well to the other uh, nine winners who all picked up prizes. Of course, then you picked up the ultimate prize as well so you have an option the house is actually in t- outside Termin Feckin Village on the uh, t- uh, Clarehead Road yeah uh, it's a four bedroom semi-detached house there as well so yeah. you know there's an option with that as well as where you are at the yeah. minute you have many decisions on yeah we went to see the house today Did and you? it's absolutely gorgeous oh my gorgeous <laughs> Would it put you the could go arrive on you? with your beds and your table and chairs and it's a fabulous house. In you go. Yeah. And yeah. away you go. We actually met some of the neighbours as well. Yeah, really, really so lovely. So that really is yeah. an option as yeah. well. Well, listen, congratulations Thank to you. you. Health Thank you. to wear. Absolutely. Enjoy for the rest yes. of your days. Thank you very much. And I'm delighted for you Thank and you. Colm as well and your three children. It's yeah. lovely to meet somebody at the start of the new year who has a real good story yeah. to tell and yeah. has had real luck on their side. Thank you for dropping in Thank today you, and well done Delighted again. And there's here. only one way to finish. You know, we can only finish this show today with one song, just especially for you. <laughs> it's Madness <laughs> and Our House.
Thank you. Vicky, congrats. See you tomorrow for late Thank lunch. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.